Good morning. I'll tell you what, was that not just an awesome worship service? I mean, we are so thankful. God has blessed us with an amazing band and just, just a, a congregation that, that sings out loud. And it, it was just good this morning. I was, wow, that was good stuff. Um, just to, just want to thank you guys for being here this morning. We just want to welcome you out and, and uh, glad you're here to be starting off the, the new year um, with us. Uh, my name is Luke Feeney. I'm the uh, student pastor here, if you are new uh, this morning. And, and I just hope that uh, all of you guys got to have a good holiday, a, a good um, Christmas and New Year. If, if you were like me um, and the three-quarters other half of Lebanon, uh, you were sick at some point. <laughs> and so uh, that was the plan was to have me go ahead and preach last week, and Andy was going to uh, preach this week, but we did some flipping and uh, so that I could uh, preach on this Sunday. And so I'm, I'm just thankful for this opportunity and, and just so thankful that God has just blessed me uh, throughout this past year and, and what he's going to be doing um, in, this, in this future year. And so uh, this morning, I kind of want to talk about something that is, is pretty familiar to all of us. We get into uh, Christmas time and the new year, and there's this Thing that we do at the beginning of every year that is kind of a tradition. I don't know what you would call it, but we, we get in mind that we are going to try and do something different for ourselves for the year. We are going to make ourselves a better person, make ourselves uh, look better financially, doing all of these different types of things, a resolution. And so I just kind of, you know, curious to find out but I, I want to know, if you guys don't mind, how many people made a New Year's resolution this year? Raise your hands. Several? Several? I guarantee you there's a lot of you in here that didn't raise your hand. So, anyways, what I also am kind of curious to know is how many of you <laughs> probably didn't raise your hand because you already maybe <laughs> failed. <laughs> Let's just be honest, right? Because that's what happens sometimes. I was reading through like resolution statistics and different things on it, and it, it is crazy like the number of firm decisions, because that's what a resolution is, a firm decision to do something or to not do something, and how many times those resolutions fail, that, that we fail. And it shows that like on January 12th, that every single person that makes a New Year's resolution, 80% of them have failed by then. 80%. Is that insane? Like something that we have taken, you know, Christmas has turned, been turned into a, a holiday where it's about Santa and, and candy canes and reindeer and all of these things, the birth of Jesus Christ, like something that, was, that is so sacred and so important to our faith and Christianity in general. And, and it's kind of just been toned down to be just a, another holiday. And we do the same things with, with words. And resolution is one of those words that we kind of take and use to tone it down from what it actually means. A firm decision to do something or to not do something. And so it's, it's, we, we try to do something, a resolution for um, financially or uh, maybe we decide, okay, looking in the mirror, I probably need to lose a few pounds. I could shed a few and we think maybe that's something that I need to do. I need to do something to make my life better. I need to do something to fix it. And so we, we go through, the, through these things. Or, or maybe it's something on our spiritual side. And we're like, 
okay, you know what? I'm going to do something to make my spiritual life better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on the Bible plan, and I'm going to read the Bible in 365 days, and then you get on day three, and it, you're like in chapter 30 of Genesis, and you've read through all of these things, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. This is too much. Like, it's overload, and, and that's me. Like, I cannot read six chapters in my Bible a day because it's just too much information. But we burn ourselves out on things. But it's our decision that we are trying to do to try and make things better, make our life better. And it was, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about this morning is, is there's this uh, a woman, a young teenage girl that was kind of having a record year. She had looked in the past and she had all of these things that were starting to come up in her life that was going to cause her difficulty. She didn't come from much. Um, her, she wasn't super wealthy or anything. She was going to uh, be married to a, a man. And uh, the next thing you know, uh, she's pregnant. She's with child. And uh, her, her, her uh, fiancé, her betrothed, soon comes to find out uh, he's secretly wanting to divorce her, but he's got an angel that comes to him in a dream and, and tells him, no, don't, don't worry about it. We've got this under control. And so there's some stress in this woman's life. This, the, the, the mother of Jesus Christ, Mary, and there, there's, there's some stress there. There's some doubt. There's some fear. Um, there, there's no doubt about it. But the thing that she does is she uh, takes this, all of these things that's, that's coming into her past, and she looks towards the future and what God is going to do through her. So if you'll turn with me to, the, it's my favorite book in the Bible, uh, the book of Luke. Um, we're going to be in chapter 1, uh, verse, 30, uh, or verse 46 uh, is where we're going to start this morning. And we're going to see how this, this woman, that Mary, the, the mother of the Savior of the world, is, is going through all of these things. And, and I mean, you just talk about stress and all of these things. And she makes a resolution, this firm decision to see God's glory in her life and what he is going to do. So we're, we're in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 is where we're going to start. And it said, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, for behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Would you bow with me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you this morning, and I am so thankful for each and every person that is here. The, the people that, that made a, a resolution, a, a firm decision to start their first Sunday off in your house, to praise you, to glorify you, to worship you, dear Heavenly Father. And we are just so thankful this morning that, that we get to open up your word and, and just to see the way that, that Mary handles her, 
her, her things that is in her past, the things that she is struggling with, the things that she is facing right now, all of this opposition. And, and she looks, at, looks to you for guidance. She looks to you for, for structure and for patience and, and, and for just trust. Because she knows that, that even though all of these things are hitting her at different angles, that you and you alone can provide. And so I just ask this morning that, that we would take this message that you have given us, that we would let it reflect and, and, and apply it to our own lives, and that we could better serve you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. And so we, we get through here, and, and Mary had found out that she was pregnant. Um, the, the angel came to her and, and told her these things, and she uh, also told, the angel also told her that um, her, her cousin Elizabeth was also pregnant, and, and he was going to, John the Baptist, the one that she was pregnant with, he was going to uh, prepare the way for Jesus' ministry while he was here on this earth. And so Mar Mary decides, I'm going to go visit Elizabeth and uh, goes to see her. And during this time, Luke records uh, this Magnificat, this song of praise that Mary uh, gives and, and, and goes through. And, and basically, she, all of these things, and I just want you guys to think about this. You know, she is betrothed to somebody that, that is so much stronger than what an engagement is like today. Um, getting ready to marry someone. She's pregnant out of, out of the marriage. And so you, you know what that kind of looks like and how society and everyone kind of judges it today. There's no tellings what it was like back then in, in seeing that. And so she has all of this stuff just right on the line and all of these difficult situations going on and probably one of the most difficult situations in her life and this is how she responds to God, this song of praise. And so we go through here, and it, it starts in verses 46 through 50. And she is rejoicing of what God has done in her, giving the, the privilege, the honor, the opportunity to give birth to the very Messiah, the, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and, and, and just is glorifying God for His power and His holiness. There was nothing that she could do to, to give birth to the Savior of the world. God decided, hey, I am going to use you to, to use in my plan. I want to use you. She wasn't, you know, super respected or, or, or highly exalted as far as the world standards were concerned. But, but she meant something to God. And, and so she, she starts off by saying that she is glorifying God. And she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And I just think about that for a second. And I, and I, her very being, like the only thing I can think of is she is just glowing in, in, in this, and not just because she's pregnant, but <laughs> she is glowing because there is this peace inside of her that she trusts God with all of her heart. And, I, and I'm just kind of curious, like how many times in our lives does our soul magnify the Lord? That, that our very being, that people can see that there is something different inside of us than anybody else. That there is something different with this person in the way that they handle things and their attitude than, than the rest of the world. That there, there is something that is magnifying from their soul, and it's God. And so I, I wonder, you know, I, I don't know of a time that I've ever had somebody say, well, my goodness, that Luke Feeney, 
his soul just magnifies the Lord, you know, <laughs> like, or, or his spirit just rejoices, especially if somebody messes up my double cheeseburger at McDonald's and puts pixels on it, right? You know, like we flip out, right? Or the person cuts us off in traffic or something, you know, like where are those moments whenever we handle a situation poorly because we are not letting our, our, our soul magnify the Lord, letting him consume us. Like those songs this morning, let my life live, you know, or I can't remember the words, but I mean, there were, they were powerful songs and, and the praise his name. And this just this idea of letting God consume us and just letting it just magnify and reflect outwards. And that's the thing that, that Mary does here in, in verses 46 through 50. And then we go on to verses 51 through 53, and she begins starting to look forward to what God is going to do through his Messiah, through, through the Savior of the world, through Jesus. He, he, she, reads, she starts off here, and it says, And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. And then it switches because it starts talking about what Jesus will do to, while he is here on this earth. What is to come, the future of it all. And so it says, He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. I mean, it's just amazing because all of these things that, that is going to happen, she is praising God for. She's like, I'm not just content with what you have done for me right now, but there is so much more that you are going to do through Jesus in the future. There's going to be so much more that is going to come from this that has so much more meaning. You think of what Jesus did here on this earth and, and how he healed the sick and he rose the dead and he brought people to have redemption and, and to have a faith and hope in something that had been dead and, and hadn't heard God's, not dead, but hadn't heard God's voice speak in over 400 years. There was this silence there. And, and, and Jesus is bringing all of this you know, back. It's a complete game changer. And so... She, she's talking about how she's looking forward to God transforming the world in the future. And then verses 54 through 55, she trusts God over her fears because he was always just and faithful to his promises. The way that it says it right here is he has helped his servant Israel. This is verse 54 in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And so we look through here and, and we, we see that, that she remembers the, the same promise that God made to Abraham whenever he had made a firm decision, a resolution to trust God with, with his life, with his son's life, Isaac. And, and, and God told him, he goes, I will bless your offspring, through, bless the nations through your offspring. And he's talking about Jesus right there. And, and, and Mary is remembering this and she's seeing it all come into fruitation. She's like, I get it. This is, this is what you've got planned. And I can trust in you because you are always faithful and you are always just. And you always come in on your promises. And she, she's got this, this just joy about her. This firm decision, this resolution that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing, I can handle this because I've got God on my side. I can trust in him. And so she starts by rejoicing for what God has done. And then she looks forward to what God will do. And then she remembers the hope that we have in, in Jesus Christ. She remembers the hope that she has in what is going to come because God always provides. And we can do that same thing with this new year that we've got coming up. 
Because a lot of the times we, we get in this um, kind of uh, an idea that 2019 was just a terrible year. I, that was some of the worst stuff, and, and that's why we want to change things. We, we want to we push it all aside. There was nothing good that came out of this year. You know, a, a lot of bad stuff was going on. I can't think of a single good thing. But we've got to take and turn away from, from thinking that all of this stuff, all of these negative things are actually negative things. Sometimes these things that happen in our lives, they have to happen for, to, so, that we can, so that God can prepare us for what he has got us planned for in the future. He has got to use these times to strengthen us and, and to help our faith grow so that he can prepare us for what he has planned in the future. And so I just want us to kind of do that this morning, that as we go into this new year, that we don't look at everything that has happened in the past as something that is a negative. And so if you guys will, just, just close your eyes for a second. Everybody close your eyes. Don't go to sleep, but just keep your eyes closed. And I want you to think about three things that God has personally blessed you with in the past. Three things, and maybe if you want to be star student, do three things that God has blessed you with in the past year. Andy and I was kind of going through this um, this past week, and, and the three things that come to my mind was marriage, my occupation, and my brothers in Christ. You guys can open your eyes now. I don't want you to fall asleep. Um, but there was three things that, that stuck out to me that really... God blessed me with. And it was my marriage. Like God had strengthened my marriage more than anything that it has ever been previous to right now. Like me and Maddie's relationship, like is just, it's good. It's good. And 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 I'm so thankful for that. My occupation, you know, I get to do the very thing that God has called me to do. And he has just opened up doors that, that worked out and just played in the, the favor of leading me into the position that I am today. And I'm so thankful for that. And he's also been able to give, a, give me a, a group of guys that, that I have gotten to grow closer with and been able to know that I can always count on somebody anytime I'm going through something in my life that, that I didn't ever really feel like I had experienced before. But here's the thing is that even though I saw these as good things, I could have equally have saw them as something bad because I'll be honest with you, this was one of the hardest years for me and Maddie in our marriage. This was one of the most stressful times because I left a job that, that on the outside looking in was probably, or, or in a world's view, was a 10 times better decision to stay where I was than to go and move somewhere else. And there, there was times where I felt like I was completely alone because I didn't know what I, really what I was doing here whenever I got here. Because I hadn't had the experience of, of being a youth pastor and, and, and ministering and seeing the vision that God has for, for our church and the different things that, that I needed to do. And so th- there's always two sides to play. We can see things as a good thing and that God is preparing us for because I don't think that if, if our marriage hadn't gotten to where it was, that it would have ever been blossomed into what it was before. If we hadn't trusted God to say, you're going to see us through this. That if I wouldn't have trusted God with my occupation and him positioning me in a place where he wanted me to be, that I wouldn't have found that, that 
peace and, and, and joy in doing the thing that, that God has called me to do. And so there's always two sides of different things, but we've got to see the good in things. We've got to see the, 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 the good stuff instead of just focusing in on the negative. Like Mary did, rejoicing, letting your soul magnify the Lord and the blessings that he has given you. And so then I want us to just look at what he has done, not only in our lives personally, but what he has done in this church. And so this also requires participation. I'm sorry. I know I'm making you guys do some stuff today. But I want you guys to, if you were saved, baptized, rededicated your life, anything while attending this church, while this church, you are a part of this church, would you stand this morning just so that we can see the way that God has blessed us? Thank you. Thank you. Like, this is amazing stuff right here. Like, God has done this. Let's be thankful for it. Amen? You guys can have a seat. If you guys have served in, 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 in or let's, let's, let's do this. If you have become members of the body of Christ at this location, if you have made a firm decision, a resolution to say that, God, I trust you. I want to be a part of this. I see you at work. If you have become members of this church and made a firm decision that I'm going to commit myself to God in this building, in this location, would you stand this morning? If you are a member of this church, look at this stuff, guys. Huh? No, anytime. If you are a member of this church right now, I want you to stand up. Like, let's be thankful for the past and what God has done in our lives. You can sit down. If God has, has put a passion inside of your heart to serve in a ministry that he has, has started and he has worked out in his plan and, and is his design and he has brought you alongside, I don't care if you are in a music ministry, if you are a greeter ministry, if you serve as, as far as, as cooking goes that prepares meals for people, shower ministry, something, children's ministry, please stand if you are serving in a place that God has brought you to that, that he is, is using you for. If you are part of a ministry, there are so many more people than that. There should be so many more people than that. <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many good things that God has done. And I think another thing that we really, really need to recognize is that if you have pastored this church for over 10 years and have bled, and God has used you to see the fruitation of everything that has come into place in this time, to see the, the things that, that nobody else sees, the vision for our church and what it could be and what it, what it has grown into over the last 10 years, would you please stand? That's both of you. That's a team effort. Stand up. Okay. Now, let's give God some praise, amen? Let's give God some praise. Because that's what it's about. It's not about us doing anything to change who we are and to make our life better. But it's recognizing that God provides for us. It's about God, not us. It's God that does these things to make our life better. It's God that makes the decision to take you and use you in a place that he needs you for and that he wants you to be so that you can see the glory of him. It's not about us. And this is my favorite part, because even though Mary in this time has experienced all of these good things, like what we have, like just what we did right there, 
it doesn't stop there. Because she starts looking towards the future. She starts seeing all of the good things that are going to come. She doesn't, she's not complacent and think, well, God just, you know, let me birth this child and that's going to be it. It's over, right? There's so, many, there's so many more things that we have to be thankful for because it's not done. And that's the same thing with us today, guys. That we have to recognize that just whenever we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that firm decision, that resolution that we say, okay, Jesus, I'm ready. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want to commit myself to you. That it doesn't end there. That this church, though it's been here for 70-some years, there's nothing God can do through this church anymore. There's nothing that God can do through these people. He's, he, he's done everything He can. That's so wrong. That's so wrong. He can do so many things through us, and we see it because He's done it already. God provides every single time. But we have to make that firm decision to trust in Him, and then everything else is going to fall into place. We have to make that resolution in our hearts and know that God is not done with me yet. And there's, there's a the verse that, that proves this, this truth to a T. It's in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, and it says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus isn't back yet, guys. He's not back in the flesh. But you know where I do see him at? I see him inside of each and every one of you. I see him whenever somebody is sick in the hospital and there's so many people writing letters and cards saying, get well soon. There's people that are missed on Sunday and somebody's calling and saying, hey, we missed you at church. We just wanted to let you know that we love you. There's people that have went through so many hard trials and things and, and losses of family members and different things, and people are contacting them. There's people that are pouring into kids downstairs right now that are building up the future of what our church is going to be in the next 10 to 15, 20 years. Jesus is here, but our work isn't done yet. If there's one thing that I want you guys to take away from this message this morning that God has given us, if there's one thing, is that Jesus' work wasn't over at his birth, and our work isn't over after our rebirth. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that doesn't mean it's the end. That is just meaning that it is the beginning of what God is going to do through us for the rest of our lives. That until he comes back, our work isn't done. And let's be joyful about it. Let's be excited about what God can do through us. I know it can be scary. I know it can be hard. This stuff right here, it literally terrifies me every time. Like, I, I freak out. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. But God does, and he provides. Amen? And so we, we see this stuff happen all throughout Scripture, too. Nehemiah. His work wasn't done whenever he was building, rebuilding the wall because God was using this to push him into help restoring God's people. We see Peter, whenever Jesus left and, and his ministry on this earth was over, Peter's work wasn't over. He was going to start the church and, and it, he was going to be the rock that, that helped push everything into place because God wanted to use him and God provides. Peter wasn't the best speaker. He didn't know everything there was to know, but God wanted to use him. And God wants to use you. And so as we, we, we get in here in, this, in these last couple of verses, 
A lot of times we can get scared about stuff. We can let our fear overcome God's promises. This, this idea that this, this knowledge, this truth that God always provides. We can let our fears take control. And I'm not talking about like terrified, scared, like snakes or something like that. I'm talking about a fear that is just, I'm a failure. I can't do this. I don't deserve to be in this position. I don't know how to respond in this position. I don't know how to handle certain things. Nobody does. It's the reason why we fail. But there is one that has planned this out, and it's about him and not us. He takes our brokenness, and he makes it into something that we can, that makes us complete. He, he, he takes the brokenness, and he makes us complete. That's as, as, as simple as, as I can, can, can get right there, because he tells us not to fear. You want to know one of the most biggest commands in the Bible is fear not. Don't worry about all of these things that make you feel like you're inadequate or not good enough or you don't deserve this. Because Jesus Christ's life was the very thing that proves that we do matter. That even in our failures and our things that we struggle with and the things that, that hurt us, the things that we face on a day-to-day basis to make us feel like we don't deserve the love of anyone or anything, God says, I love you so much. He says, I love you so much that I sent my son down on this earth to die on a cross for sins that he didn't commit, for things that he didn't deserve. And I did it for you. We can get so wrapped up in doing things because we think it's the right thing instead of making it about this connection that we have with God that he wants, this relationship with God that he desires for each and every one of us to have with him. We want to read our Bibles more because we think that's the right thing to do. We want to focus on things that um, not do this because we, we don't want other people to think bad of us. But it's not about that. It's about us having a connection with God that outweighs, that magnifies, that blows everything else past, and it's solely about Him. That our life magnifies the Lord and nothing else. And so as we have the song leader and piano player come up this morning, as we all stand, I just ask you guys this morning that maybe, maybe, this, maybe your past is kind of holding you back from doing some things that you feel like you need to do. And maybe this year is a time where you have, you know that something isn't right, that, that not everything's okay, and you've tried every single thing to try and make it better, and there has been nothing that you can do to actually make it better. And I'll tell you the reason why is because you're not seeking out the right solution. You're trying to do it all on your own whenever God has already said, I've already provided a way out for you. I've already made the, the, the deal and I've already made this 
exactly how I want it to be. You don't have to do a thing. All you have to do is make a resolution, a decision to do something, to trust in Him. And so this morning as we... uh, with every head bowed and every eye.